Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back. It's Friday. I got Grifka here. I'm playing well, but we're looking to take a trip to Arizona and get some things done. Grifka, how are you doing hey, today? TGIF, that's all I got to say. Every week, man. Uh, for us, for the Lions, for everybody, heading into this Friday, heading towards another football weekend. There's not too many left, man. So we got to make these count both on and off the field. Um What's on your mind this week, Griffith? You got any news and notes or things you want to bring up here before we dive into the Cardinals? Yeah, just a couple things. Um, I know earlier in the year we talked about the injury bug really hasn't hit the Lions. It seems to be hitting them a little later this, uh, a little late in the year. Um, I saw earlier this week that the Lions did put Jalen Reeves Maybin on the uh, on the IR, so he's going to be a uh, lot, you know, locked down for the rest of the year. He won't be able to. We won't be seeing any more of him. Um, I know at one point me and you had talked. We were kind of hoping he would take a big step. You know, with his defense, um, do you see uh, with him going on IR? I guess it's his neck, is, is what they're saying. Uh, are, are you kind of disappointed in the year, Jalen Reeves? Do you, do you think he improved any, or is this one of those guys that we're just trying to shelf to kind of keep him keep him around for next year? What do you think about that? I mean, I mean, you know, this is Detroit Kool Aid Cast Griffka, and I try to be the positive one on the show, but uh, I don't have too much. I can say for uh, Jalen Rees-Maven, I mean, uh, he hasn't been good. I haven't noticed him much on the field. I thought he was going to bring run and hit capabilities. I haven't seen it. I just see him on a lot of special teams plays. I mean, okay, yeah, if you play special teams, it's helpful, but you got to be doing more than that when we take you in the mid-rounds. So I, I don't know if I see a future for this guy on the team. So to me, I mean – I would love to see him come on here the last handful of games, but him going on IR is not a big one for me other than being disappointed that we may have missed another pick. And, like, he had some promise coming out. He had a lot of injuries in college. So both his promise has not lived up and his injuries are creeping back up. So he, he might not have a future in the NFL if I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm disappointed in that. When they drafted him, I was uh, kind of uh, – actually, I was pretty happy. I'm like, gosh, I had watched him play against Tennessee. The guy was sideline to sideline. Seemed to get a lot of tackles for lost and be able to read, like, screenplays um, for the Tennessee Vols uh, defense. So when the Lions drafted him, I'm like, oh, great, we got somebody, some uh, speed out the outside. So, But he just hasn't developed like um, thought he would. He's a little undersized for what everybody's saying Matt Patricia likes to use on the defense. And, yeah, you're right, he saw him just running a lot of special teams out there, which, once again, special teams are a pretty important part of the game. But uh, we thought I thought he'd, he'd be a little more impactful than just that. So um, I'm more disappointed that he hasn't developed like hoped he would, um, more so than him being on IR, not being able to play and help the team. So, um, you know, kind of right now it's looking like one of those uh, swing and misses, uh, you know, in the draft, even though that wasn't done by uh, – um, you know our, our current regime, but uh, still a little, a uh, little disappointed in him. Um, then I was just kind of wondering, which uh, you think uh, you carry on maybe back on Sunday, or is he a guy that once again we had talked like on the last show, uh, maybe just put him in bubble wrap and just kind of you know put him on the shelf till next year. 
it's crazy with carry on. Like I was going through a few of my deep fantasy football leagues where I do have uh, KJ on those teams and they had them projected at like, you know, really good point totals. I'm like, do they know something we don't know? Because I mean, the guy hasn't practiced. We haven't heard much uh, word came out. You know, I think it was on Wednesday that he didn't practice Wednesday. You know, I don't see him, uh, you know, getting unless he gets out on the field consistently it's gonna be hard to play on Sunday so I mean I want him out there and I I think even just having him would make our offense not only more explosive but just give us a better view of what the team's like what staff because you always might have a receiver or some other positions down but if we can have our quarterback playing better and playing like he used to, our quarterback, a top shelf type young running back that can be a three down back. You know, we can put other pieces around that can can make us, you know, explosive and make us a decent offense. So I'd like to see him. I just, at this point, unless uh, something pops up here late, I, uh, I see him taking at least another week or two off. And then I don't know why you maybe bring him back the last two games, but. I would like to see him either this week or possibly next week in Buffalo and then finish out the year. Or if it lingers any farther than that, just, uh, just shelf him. Yeah, I'm with you on that. If it's one of those things where it can only, uh, it can only make his uh, injury worse, you might as well just kind of pack it in right now. Uh, like Garrett Blunt seems to be doing okay rushing the ball right now. Um, he looks like he's averaging right around like 75 yards. You know, he's being productive with what the Lions are looking for him to do. Um, I know I you know, said before that if Carrion's healthy, get him out there. And, um, you know, once again, a rookie always seeing more defensive sets, getting more reps can only help him down the line. But if, like you said, if it's one of those things where he's going to be out the next few weeks, then you're just bringing him back for Minnesota and Green Bay. I mean, yeah, we might as well just, you know, put him on the shelf, you know, and just let him set for the end of the year. And uh, get them all healthy, you know, for the next training camp next year. I got a quick carry on thing, Griff, because so earlier on in the week, he put out on Twitter, oh, man, not sure I can ever get used to this Michigan cold. And, like, (laughs) I saw a lot of people blow him up and say, bro, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's not cold right now. (laughs) So, but part part of that made me worry, like, hey, man, you know, if you're saying that now, not only has he not seen one of our winners yet, it's pretty early to be sort of complaining about where you're at in the weather. So I would, I kind of, I think I even sent him a message back saying, uh, well, I hope you get used to it. Cause we plan on having you for like a decade, you know, if, or, uh, however long we can. And remember I said that you never know with running backs, how long they can play. But I mean, having this guy for six, eight plus years is the, is the main goal. And if he's already cold and freezing, I don't know what that says, but uh, hopefully he acclimates because uh, we hope to have him in a Lions uniform for a long yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, what's that mean? You know, can't, you know, can't stand I mean, you're going to have to go play. I mean, no matter what other division you play in, you're always going to have to go somewhere cold at some point in the year. So, oh, it's only one week. I mean, come on, man, really? I mean, you don't have to reside here but during the, the offseason. Thing, but, yeah. He's never he's – never, you know, had it where he's went to college and all that. So it is new, but I just don't know if I love the comment or like you say, maybe he just threw it out there. But uh, like you say, he's going to have to not only play in the cold, but be here at least, like you say, over half the year for a long time, hopefully. So uh, 
Come on, carry on. We need you. Uh, you're a tough guy, man. It's going to be all right, but we need you running the football. Yeah, not to mention you you play indoors in Detroit and indoors in Minnesota, right. <laughs> so you'll be you'll be okay. Right. Um, just one more quick thing uh, with uh, where the lines are with wide receiver. I saw that uh, former first-round pick, Kelvin Benjamin, was uh, released this week by the Buffalo Bills. Um, is that somebody you might want to take a flyer on or even maybe try to sign him for next year? I mean, he's a big wide receiver. Um, he's supposed to be able to get down the field. He's got big big hands. And, you know, um, he can catch the ball. I mean, it's not, he's got, he doesn't have sticky hands, but he's in there. But uh, would you take a flyer on Calvin Benjamin or maybe try to look for some other wide receiver? Yeah, I'll just be quick on this one. I mean, Benjamin's a big name. I threw some things out on Twitter about him just saying that, hey, with the injuries we have and if we are trying to win ball games or play decent football, if nobody else is looking at him, it might be worth a look because he could play outside now that Marvin's gone. But, I mean, if he showed some promise or loved it here for whatever reason, I mean, to me he could be a big slot or even like a pseudo tight end. I mean, this guy is a huge guy, both height and He's not getting any slimmer, Griff, because we see him in his pictures. He's known to balloon up um, quite a bit there for an outside-type receiver. So you could probably play him in the slot there and do some things. I don't see it happening, and the biggest thing is because, you know, there's been lots of reports out this guy just kind of has a bad attitude or is just always uh, doesn't love football, so he doesn't seem like a guy that Matt Pat or Bobby Quinn would want to bring in. But, like, when you see a name like that be free on the market, it's just something to bring up and, and – think about but uh, I don't see him coming to Detroit I'd like to see a little shifty receiver I know they uh, they got rid of somebody else too I want to say Holmes uh, uh, over there in Buffalo he's a little bit more of a shifty slot type guy I mean yeah. Ellington's been doing well but we need more of a small guy to go with big Kenny Mars pretty big slender guy we need a little guy that can work underneath like uh, the guy we got rid of a few weeks ago yeah um yeah, I was I was uh, reading those same things about Kelvin Benjamin that he's kind of I don't want to say malcontent because that just puts him in a bad light. But you know, somebody who's not always uh, has the heart in the game, or if things aren't going his way, he can uh, be a little uh, little crybabyish about him. And it's uh, it's kind of had the falling out with you know Cam Newton because it seemed like for the longest time it's like oh these two were like two peas in a pod, you know, and and then all of a sudden he's like kind of like you know. You hear stuff like he's kind of bashing Cam Newton, so they get rid of him, send him up to Buffalo, and, like, you know, Buffalo's not doing very well, so he seems to be, like, a little uh, falling out of favor with that team there. He just seems like maybe one of those wide receivers that he needs to be on a winner all the time and to make himself feel good. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the guy personally, but I don't I don't think I'd want him here, even as a flyer, to give the guy a chance. And like you said, I mean, I don't even think the guy would work in the slot. He's almost, like, too big for it. He's almost, like, blown up that tight end he's 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 mike williams part two is what he is and uh i don't think the lions need that right now i would i would uh stay away from this guy even if he was in the discount bin yeah i agree so um i don't have anything else any other news and notes i feel like talking about uh um i know we got a game coming up against the cards this weekend and out in the desert and uh just a couple things I was uh, thinking about watching the cards. I know earlier in this year when we were previewing the season, I still thought Sam Bradford would be around because I thought the Cardinals would be a little better than what they were. But this team has uh, really taken a nosedive from where I'm at. So uh, Josh Rosen is now the quarterback. Sam Bradford is uh, no longer with the team. And, uh, you know, they're coming off a big win up in Green Bay, which was pretty much surprising me because this kind of goes along with, I thought this team would be more focused on their uh, draft position. So, uh, 
going up to Green Bay and winning that game pretty much surprised me. Um, it's still a game that uh, I know we talked about. It seems like the Lions always don't play very well out in the desert. They struggle out there for some odd reason, no matter how good the Lions are and how bad the Cardinals are or vice versa. They just seem to uh, – the Cardinals always seem to have the have the Lions number when they play them in, in uh, Arizona. Um how how do you how do you think about that? How how do you think this game is going to fall? I mean, uh, I know the Cardinals' offensive line is not the greatest, but uh, good against last week against Green Bay. Uh, they still have uh, Fitzgerald, who once again has very sticky hands, can catch the ball. Um, so uh, he may be able to hurt the Lions' defense. Uh, what are you thinking about this game? Well, Grifka, I think if we went back and looked at our preview show, this was a game that you um, said. The, the Lions, you know, I don't know. They never win in Arizona again, going on past history, not looking at the current players or where this team was, just kind of had it as, I don't know if you had it as a loss, but you were already down on it just because they haven't played there against Carson Palmer a couple years ago, a couple years in a row, whatever it was. Um, you know, it was pretty clear that this wasn't going to be a great team. You know, as far as, like, our D-line being able to get after their O-line, I think that's something that can definitely happen. You know, I, I see us kind of dominating that line of scrimmage. Now, David Johnson has not been very good at all this year, and they haven't really known how to use him. He's another guy that can get out on the edge, can kind of catch the football, give us some issues when it comes to linebackers and coverage. So you really got to deal with him, even though he's been a little bit off the radar. So, I mean – kind of asked me a broad question, but I, I just see this game coming down to the Lions. Can their offense get going? Because it really has been sputtering, to say the least. And then, you know, are we able to deal with David Johnson? Because there's really not many more weapons. Like uh, Christian Kirk just recently went on IR. He's like Josh Rosen's boy. They've been in AAU or Elite 11s since, I don't know, since they were in high chairs and he's gone. And then you got old man. Fitzgerald, which, yeah, respect to him. He's been real good, but, I mean, he's not going to beat you by himself anymore like he would have five, six years ago. So, I mean, I see this as a game. It's indoors. If you can get your arms if that defense can play nearly where it did, and if you can hide Nevin Lawson and whoever else is opposite Slay, we should be okay. It should be a, a good game where the Lions can try to get right. Yeah, that's um... – they should be able to, but I know uh, you're getting on me about past history, but uh, this could be one of those games where, like, uh, Josh Rosen comes out slinging the ball. It's, it seems like his numbers haven't been all that good, at least uh, percentage-wise, for completion. He's, like, throwing up some yards, but he always seems to be something like – he'll show his numbers would be, like, you know, 18 of 40 for, like, you know, 200 and, you know, 15 yards and a touchdown or two or something like that. It's like his completion percentage just doesn't seem to be very good, but he seems to be throwing up some yards with that. So I, I don't know if that's just part of the Cardinals offense that they try to stretch the field. Cause I don't think Josh Rosen's one of those uh, dink and dunk guys. That's, you know, throwing the ball five yards and the wide receiver, like the running back out of the backfield is busting it upfield for like 20 yards, getting the yards there. Um, so Grifka, it I, sounds I, like you're saying that Josh Rosen's not that great. Is that right? Can you give that to the people? He's not that great. There we go. I never thought he was that great in college myself, but uh, he's one of those guys. Dude, this guy's like, uh, this guy's good, and like you said, this could be a game where 
he gets going. I mean, we've already got sliced and diced by Chase Daniel and, um, you know, some of these other guys that have given us trouble that shouldn't. So I don't put it past them in his home, in his house to find a way to sling it around the yard. I just don't think they have many explosive guys unless they throw a swing route to DJ and, and our linebackers are nowhere to be found. And he just house calls on us. Yeah, but, yeah, like you said, though, I mean, I, I just never thought Josh Rosen was that great in college. I always thought, you know, he was he was supposed to be, like, one of those top-flight quarterbacks coming out of high school, and he seems like he would, you know, make the talent around him better, but he just never really did that much at UCLA. And I know it is uh, his last year there, he was hurt, and then he came out. But still, it was just – it just seemed like those teams were always incredibly average when he was there, that he was never able to put put that team on his back and – take it somewhere and I realize he's a rookie and asking a rookie to, to do that in the pros is an awful lot but uh, you know maybe somewhere down the road he becomes one of those guys but I don't know it's like to be honest with you I don't watch a lot of Arizona Cardinals football you know even if they were good I still wouldn't watch a whole lot of Arizona Cardinals football it's just a team that I've never really been they're on I gotta watch them so uh, but uh, yeah I could I could definitely see him slinging the ball around the field doing some damage against this Lions defense and, um, you know, hopefully the defensive line does show up because I, I don't think the Arizona Cardinals offensive line is that good. I think they're just – they're incredibly average. And But once again, I mean, now, maybe maybe your boy Ziggy decides to show up and put some pressure on him. But. He already showing up the last few games. You just give him no credit. But here's another guy I want to bust on you for that you give no credit and always rag on. Like, the last few games, I mean, Jared Davis has been shooting his gun and getting after the quarterback, blitzing. Like, yeah, he's he's still had a little bit of trouble finding the right gap. I remember last game, there was one play, it was a Todd Gurley run, where he, he kind of ran off the tackle or whatever, and there were two gaps. There was like an inside gap and then a, a secondary gap towards the wide side of the field where he was headed. And Jared Davis took the inner one, got totally washed out, and I think that either Gurley scored or he ran for 20, 20 some yards. So he, for some reason, he's still having trouble picking when to go or where to go and how to go there. But I mean, you got to give the guy credit for some of the blitzes and sacks and plays that he's made. I mean, he's playing better. This will hopefully be a game where he can make an impact like that or kind of put it all together, like have some good run stuffs, maybe get his hand on a, a pass or two and, and, and blitz a little bit. Yeah. He's, improved in the in the blitzing and getting pressure on the quarterback throughout the year I have been you know pleasantly surprised with that but he's a middle linebacker I mean his main job is to stop the run and his angles that he's taken is like you said I remember that play you're talking about with Todd Gurley and like like we talked about a few uh, episodes ago that you know that third down play against the Bears where all he had to do was take the right gap and stop the run and he totally misread it and just was behind you know, treat Cohen as he busted around the corner. And it's just like, dude, if you that, they're stopped and the Bears punt the ball and the Lions have a chance. But his, you know, he's the middle linebacker. His his first job is to deduce the run and stop it. That's what the middle linebacker does. You know, that's his job. I mean, yeah, it's nice the way he puts pressure on a blitz, but still. It's like that thing you say about work. Nobody remembers all the good that you do. Everybody remembers the one time you screw up. And maybe that's that's just what I'm looking for in Jared Davis. I want him to be so good that I don't remember that. I don't remember what he's doing. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. That was a great read on that. That was a nice way to delay blitz, you know. I remember him, like, 
whiffing on, you know, a third and short and the guy gets, you know, eight yards to continue a drive or, you know, missing a, missing a, a pursuit angle and the guy busts off a long, a long run. You know, that's, that's more in my mind. So you're right. Maybe that's if you can't put a game to say, together. And, what's that? That's what I was just going to say is that like you and everybody else seems to just bust on him when he misses that one run or they can't cover that one guy out of the backfield. I think if we really broke it down, there's probably lots of other nice little plays he's making. I mean, we wouldn't have the run defense we're having if he's missing tackles all over the field or totally lost. So he's got to be improving and playing better football. So, like, the only thing you notice is the one big situations. It just seems that key situations where where that happens. You know, I'm – yeah, I yeah I know we have the debate like every play does next play and you know a, you know a five yard gain to keep a keep a drive running and the you know going in the first quarter is different than keeping you know missing a tackle for a five yard game that continues to drive late in the fourth when you're trying to get the ball back. I understand that, but it seems like when they do need to stop on a run at some point, it's just like he's the guy taking the wrong angle, you know. So. The, you're right. Maybe that's what I remember. I don't remember him coming up with the big stuff, you know, on, on, a, on a third and short to, to end a drive late in the fourth or at some point in the game. It's just like the Lions need the ball back and he stuffs a run to, uh, you know, he takes the wrong angle and the guy gets first down or he whiffs on the tackle. You know, I mean, the guy breaks his tackle. So I, I don't know. You know, that's that's what I remember. Well, like I said, Grifka, you you tend to lean on that other side of the coin where you do notice the not so good more so than the good. So I think you got to start acknowledging both him, Ziggy, a few others that uh, might be playing a little better than we're giving them credit for because the record's bad and whatnot. But let's get back. So the Cardinals, um, you know, we talked about it about how okay the Lions don't have any division hopes. They don't really have any playoff hopes. But they kind of opened up the uh, the can about uh, play play calling some different things. Do you uh, do you think they'll kind of pull out anything crazy here in Arizona? Because I think we almost have to scheme offensive points at this point. I mean, we really can't just line up and beat you. I don't think. I mean, maybe against Team Cardinals, but in their house, I don't know that you'll just be able to show up and do whatever you want offensively. So you think they pull anything out or how are we going to score points on this team? I honestly think it's the same offense. I don't, if they were going to scheme stuff out to beat teams, I think they would have done it already. So yeah, that nice trick play to Taylor Decker and that other one that they tried with what Bruce Ellington last game where um, Stafford short armed the ball, that would have been the double pass, which obviously didn't work. I mean, plays like that, but I think most of the game's going to be exactly the same. Uh, I can't see anything really different on it. I don't. I don't think Arizona's a very high-scoring team, so maybe they think they can just kind of run their basic stuff and just maybe outscore them in a low-scoring game. But I think the offense isn't going to change at all on that. Um, I, I don't know. Do you do you think maybe Jim Bob's going to pull something out, knowing that he may be coaching for his career? Yeah, I'm on the other side of the coin. Like, I think you saw it last week. You know, if this game's tight or if they really need a big play, I think they kind of said, hey, you know, um, now is the time to to try it or to bring out some new things. I think you'll still see Dink and Dunk Stafford for most of the game. I think you'll see hopefully we can continue to run the football. But if not, I mean, I don't know about a ton of gadget plays, but I, I think you might open your eyes like, wow. They haven't done that in a while or wow, 
you know, that's different than we've been seeing because like you said, yeah, he's got to show us something to sort of keep his job. I mean, I don't think or want that really to happen now based on what I've seen, but yeah, he's got to sort of show he can adapt and if they really want to win, it's going to take more than run on first down for two yards, you know, run or throw a dink pass on second down for two yards and then incomplete on third down and kick. That seems to be our, our formula, most drives, which is frustrating. So I I think, you know, again, I'm trying to think of the Cardinals defense, you know, Peterson, some of those guys over there. I mean, I don't know. They haven't been a a great team in the win column. So you got to be able to do some things against them. But I, I, I've leaned the last couple of weeks to saying, man, until this, offense gets cooking I really don't have as much faith as I did to start the year and last week didn't do a ton to help that because I felt like our defense played good enough to beat the Rams and our offense let us down big time so you know it's going to be a struggle to get to 20 points I think regardless yeah I was kind of looking the same way well let's put it this way um I know early in the year when we were calling this game I, I believe you called it a W and I think it was one of those late season losses I had them chalked up for but um, with where these teams are at right now, I mean, you were correct in saying that Josh Rosen would be the starting quarterback at this at this point in the season. Um, I thought that I thought honestly thought the Arizona Cardinals would actually be a little better team. Um, in uh, with both uh, the Lions' offense, you know, struggling to score points, and uh, Arizona not being that great a team with a rookie QB. Uh, how do you see this game uh, falling in the end? How, how do you see it? How do you see it coming to fruition? Well, this is a tough one for me because, you know, again, I'm a fan. When the game kicks off, I want him to play well. I want to root for him. But there's definitely that part in the back of my head that especially, you know, had they won, let's say, against Chicago and the Rams, I would still, even if playoff hopes were not great, I would still be real hype. But dropping those two games, especially at home, is just kind of like, man, you're coming out here to – Arizona, you know, if you win this game, what does it do for you? You know, especially if it's not a game where, like, carry on, others are getting out there and really, like, playing great and really showing us what the future could hold. I mean, if we go out there and win with Bruce Ellington and Levine Toilolo doing things, I mean, does that really do what we want it to do in the long run? So this is a game I'll kind of be watching going, man, in the beginning of the year we had this as a W. We thought there'd be a lot on the line. Now that there's nothing on the line, what do I want? What do I expect? You know, the Lions have been playing so bad, and the NFL is such a bounce-back type league that, you know, Arizona is not a tough place to play. It's not like you're going in Seattle. It's not like you're going to Pittsburgh, some of these places that are hard to win. You know, it's Arizona. So good there in the past, as we already joked about, like, I don't think the Lions are going down worried about much other than trying to get themselves right. So I feel like this is a get-right game. I think you go down there, your defense kind of takes it upon themselves to continue to not only play like they have been, but turn the football over, maybe get after the quarterback, make him either make mistakes or put the ball on the ground, something like that. And I think Stafford does just enough to kind of get everybody back on board with them where – you know, we're talking next week about how he came out and threw for 300 and, you know, uh, 300 yards and had two touchdowns and a turnover. And you're looking at it going, you know, wasn't great, as you know, not that great, as you would say, but it was a lot better than what he's done recently. It's better than average, and we can win with that. So 
I'd say if I got to put a score on it, I mean, I think we're going down to Arizona. We're putting up um, 21 points just over the 20 mark, like I said, still not blowing the world away. And I think Arizona only gets like 17. So 21-17, Lions come out with a victory. Going to Buffalo after that, trying to stack two up, get their, get themselves going a little bit. Okay, uh, once again, myself, I'm going to go with history. It seems like the Lions are always struggling on the road against the Cardinals, no matter how good or how bad they are. Um, right now, the offensive talent on the Lions isn't that – it's it's not that great. I mean, we can try to scheme and say, hey, we you know throw it deep to Kenny G. Um, I got Bruce Ellington who's actually you know kind of actually putting up the same numbers that Golden Tate was early in this year, even though I think Golden Tate was a little more, you know, explosive or dangerous than what Bruce Ellington was. But um, it just seems like this is one of those games where the Cardinals coming off the confidence of actually going into Lambeau and winning the game. Um, Lions coming off another heartbreaking loss against, you know, a good Rams team where they played where the defense played well enough to win, but the offense really didn't help them out. So the offense is just really struggling in this one. Um, it might be getting into last quarter of the season. I know the guy's probably in the locker room selling stuff, you know, hey, let's, you know, let's go on on a high note. It's the last quarter. Let's win the last quarter of the season, you know, and this would be one of those games that they would uh, need for for them to do that. But I don't know. I just, I think it's one of those things where they just seem to struggle on the road with Arizona, no matter who it is or what year it is. So I, I don't see the Lions putting up a whole lot of points in this game and, and I realize this, the Cardinals' defense isn't the, the defenses of the Aeneas Williams and, you know, you know Eric Swan, you know, those guys. But uh, I'm still going to uh, – I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one. I got them winning this one, probably something along the lines of uh, – I'm going to say something like 20 to 16. I'm going to go Arizona 20, line 16. And uh, I would just uh, continue in the, in the long line of the Lions not playing very well out in the desert. Oh, it's a Detroit Kool-Aid cast, Griffka. You're killing the people, man. You're, uh, you're down on a lot of losses, man. The people are going to be after you. Well, like you said, it's the Detroit Kool-Aid here, and we're at that point in the year where we got to start looking towards next year. Um, I, have a, I have a couple discussion questions that I want to talk to you about to see, uh, you know, with the Kool-Aid. Uh, if, we'll see uh, see what you think about this. Uh, you know, once again, it's kind of that point in the year where Matt Stafford is uh, – you know, he hasn't been playing very well, throwing some picks. Is there anything that he can do in this last four games for the Lions this year to kind of put hope or, you know, in the eyes of people going into next year? What do you think he needs to do for that to happen? Uh, I We already kind of hit on it. I mean, I just think, uh, you know, he's been playing really bad. Everybody's down on him. Everybody wants him out of town. All he has to do is get a few offensive pieces healthy, have this defense keep playing up average or above average and start to uh, start being a little more clutch at the end of games, you know, to have and be better throughout the game. Just show, show those deep drives or you're going for a 60 yard touchdown in the second quarter, you know, show that you can complete third down plays, move chains a little bit more often. Like I think everybody knows what he can do. Everyone's just frustrated that he's not doing it right now. So just play better football, get your weapons back at some point or next year, and uh, get your confidence back as well as be more aggressive offensively. I mean, he should have the clout now to be able to go in, and he says him and JBC talk about the game plan and are on the same page. Well, you guys both need to step it up then because you got to be more aggressive, more creative, and you know when the plays are there to be made, you got to make them. Simple as that. So I think it would be fine just – 
he does need to put it together because if he has like three, four bad games end this year, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I think what he needs to do is just come out and dominate from the start. You know, for some people to like to give them any hope going into next year, he needs to like go into Arizona, go into Buffalo, and he just needs to like come out and just like you know put the you know foot on the gas and just have it go the whole game. And then actually kind of do that against Minnesota and even somewhat Green Bay because I realize, you know, the last game of the season, it's in Green Bay outdoors. Might be, you know, pretty tough for him to kind of show some dominance, you know, where people are kind of like going, where was that all year? You know, and say like, yeah, he can do it. He still has it, you know, to show that he can lead the team next year. I think that's what he what needs to happen. And I don't know if, you know, JVC is putting the handcuffs on him. or You're right. Maybe he can just go and say, hey, why don't we do this? You know, they get together, they plan, you know, they formulate a scheme to go out there to improve the offense, just to go out there and say, like, you know, from the go, just, you know, put, you know, you know, put some dominance out there to show, like, I'm Matt Stafford, you know, I'm one of the best quarterbacks in this league, you know, watch me, you know, do this and, you know, we're going to get up by a bunch of points and I'm just going to keep my foot on the gas and continue to do it. I, I think that's all he's going to do. You know, he has to do that, but he, he can't go out and dominate Arizona and Buffalo and then, like, lay eggs against, you know, Minnesota and Green Bay because everyone's going to be like, well, yeah, look, he can go out there and beat up on the crappy teams, but, you know, decent teams he can't do it against. So I think he really needs to show dominance against, you know, all four teams the last last part of the season. And I know that might translate to wins, and we've talked about that in the past, but I think that's what he needs to do to show uh, that he still, uh, he still has it. You know, so that, that's my point on Matt Stafford coming in these last four games. But All right, well, yeah, we'll see, what, we'll see what happens. I just think it's, it's, you already saw what he can do and it's hard to come on and dominate as you put it with some of the people that are around him right now, but we'll, uh, we'll see. We sure need him to play a lot better. No doubt about it. So, I mean, we talked about Matt Stafford, but is, do you think there's anybody else on this team? that's kind of like maybe, you know, playing for a job heading to next year to show uh, Matt Patton, like, hey, you want to keep me around? Or even if they're under contract for next year, that they, you know, don't become cap casualties. Or, you know, you could say it's a cap casualty. Or like, oh, this guy doesn't want to be here. Let's move on from him. Do you think there's somebody, there's a few guys on this roster that may be looking for, you know, playing to keep jobs for next year? I I don't know. I mean, I I just think these last four games, as we've already hit on a lot, like you have to, you know, I don't know. You got to sort of play well, but you don't want to, you know. These are kind of empty ball games. As much as we're fans, as much as we want to win, or like Grifka makes you feel good to win a football game. Like, you know, the guys that have to come out and play good are are just the guys, in my opinion, that are more cornerstones like I don't need these fringe guys to play good to earn a roster spot because I've been real positive that this regime is going to turn over this roster here in years two and three and really make a huge leap so a lot of these guys that are kind of been hanging around or that'll be out there playing if they're here next year we got issues so the only guys I look at like want to see play well and want to like build on these last games are guys like our rookie Deshaun Hand you know, maybe uh, see Tracy Walker out there a little bit more. Like, to me, Theo Riddick, like, I think he's had a couple more years on his deal, and he's kind of been, eh, just even when he's got more PT, I mean, you only get maybe one or two catches out of him a game that are actually do anything, you know, meaning move the chains or maybe a red zone play here or there. 
but I mean, he hasn't been very good. So guys like that, that are either under contract young or are going to be here are the guys I want to see play well, not, not the fringe guys. Yeah. If we're talking guys that, you know, we're looking to maybe try to, you know, uh, be here next year. Somebody maybe like, uh, I think, uh, you know, Christian Jones, he's shown flash at that points where he looks pretty decent. Then other points that I, I don't even know if he's on the field. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a little more, actually a little more development out of like Frank Ragnow. I know he's obviously going to be here, but just him, he, he seems to have trouble with um, stunts. Sometimes uh, he kind of gets lost and he's and his head's on a swivel looking to see which guy to pick up. And then, you know, the guys by him, I mean, we can't, you know, talk about Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's a specimen. He's going to do that to a lot of guys. So I, I really don't. I, I really don't want to think about that. But there's just other guys. You know, just guys on other teams. Like just like and he's okay, and they seem right now seems to. If they run a stunt, he seems to be ah. Uh, you know, see if he can work on that. Um, like you said, Tracy Walker. I'd, I'd still like to see more of that guy for how happy that team was that they were able to get him in the draft. It just seems like he's a guy that just is. You don't really see him on the field, and um. I'm afraid some guys I, I had high hopes for are just probably won't be around next year. A guy like Miles Killebrew, I, I really thought that guy would actually do something. You know, he seemed to be a hitter coming out of college, and that guy just hasn't seemed to be able to get on the field, find a position either at safety or even linebacker. So, I mean, that's that's a guy. It's just, you know, I think his, his ship has sailed, and he won't be on the team next year. But still, I'm disappointed that, you know, he, you know, he didn't make it because I thought he would actually be something a little special. And maybe he's one of those guys that, you know, they throw on the field just to try to get one last look at him, you know, in game time. But those are the few guys that I wouldn't mind, you know, trying to see, you know, other than, you know, are the guys that we know are out there that, you know, your Rick Wagner's and, you know, we know, like, you know, you know, we know he'll be around and we know what he can do. So just those few guys right there is who I was thinking. But uh, now that we know what we're doing with the last quarter of the season, and uh, we talked about the few guys on the team, um, let's do this. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. I remember we did one of these, Would You Rather. Um, came up with a few Would You Rather between uh, Detroit and Arizona. Now, this would be, we're going to do Would You Rather, if you were starting a franchise right now, would you rather have this guy or this guy? We're not talking at this point in the season. If you had to win one game, um, if you if you were drafting to start to start a franchise, who would you rather have between these two guys? So uh, you understand? I got you. Okay. So if you were starting a franchise, would you rather have Matt Stafford or Josh Rosen? Now, real quick, before I want to answer that, I just want to tell the people out there listening. We apologize if we're having like any audio issues. We're using a little bit different setup. And I'm uh, not sure if it's – we're cutting in and out a little bit more than normal. We'll definitely get that handled by next week. But apologize if that's happening. Um, so, Grifka, you're asking me Stafford or Rosen. I mean, right now – I mean, I know you said build a franchise. But, I mean, if, if we're doing that, then, yeah, I'm taking the young quarterback with kind of an unlimited upside and Rosen. But if you're just asking me kind of like, hey, you know – at their point there, who would you rather have kind of even Stafford, like medium to long term, I'd take him just because the talent, the, uh, what he's done in the past, you know, I would lean that way, but I think Rosen could be 
he's going to probably be either really good in the next five years or he might be out of the league or just a backup based on attitude. But I think he'll be good. But I guess give me Stafford if I got to pick between the two. But it's hard to say that now, right, when he hasn't been playing really well or whatever. But I'll, I'll lean that way. Okay. Um, I think you heard my take on Josh Rosen. I never thought, you know. Like I said, I never thought he was that great. So I think even if you were starting a franchise, I would uh, still take Matt Stafford over uh, Josh Rosen. I know people are cringing, saying, what are you thinking? We we know what he's been. Stafford's near the end of his rope. He's terrible. I just I, just, I think Josh Rosen's just going to be one of those guys that had a lot of hype, and he never really amounted much to the NFL, you know, kind of like a, a Cade McNown or something like that, you know, a, a guy that would just, you know, oh, gosh, this guy's going to be great, and he just – Never really, never really put it together, and was never, you know, never really did anything. That's that's just what I think about Josh Rosen. So, even if it was at this point in the career, or even starting a uh, starting a friend, take Matt the Stafford. Other last thing too is like Stafford's like thirty one or thirty. Like, you know, quarterbacks are playing into their late thirties, forties. Like, if he gets it together and gets a team around him, you know, he could be good again for another five, six, eight years. Like, you know, people are just acting like he's. 40 38 you know and playing terrible like that's not the case so he's still young too okay um let's uh let's hop over to the defensive side of the ball uh would you rather have uh our boy jared davis or would you rather have hassan reddick well when the draft happened i want hassan reddick he got taken quick i i really can't tell you what he's done i think initial part of him and he started to come on but I couldn't tell you like where he is as far as production this year or what he's been doing. So without that right in front of me or doing the research, like, you know, I'm going to take Jared Davis just because it's hard to find a guy with his kind of, you know, flat out speed, but I like his size too. I mean, this guy's built, he works, he's got great character, you know, give me Jared Davis. Gosh. Um, and I hate to agree with you, but I'm kind of right there too. I, I Hassan Reddick. All I know is like when when your name is starting to get floated out there as possible trade bait, you know, uh, you know that can't be good. Maybe maybe he just doesn't fit the scheme that Arizona's looking to do. But he's another one of those guys that when he was out there in the draft, I was just like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be a stud. He's going to be good. And then uh, he just I don't know if he just disappeared. Like I said, I just don't know if he doesn't fit the scheme, but. Uh, I'm not saying he, you know, Hassan Reddick doesn't want to be good, doesn't want to be productive, but at this point, maybe simply because I've just seen Jared Davis play, I, you know, I know, I know what he is, I know what, you know, he's working to what he can be. You know, I guess I'm with you on that. I would take uh, take Jared Davis as well. Um, let's do this next one. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Carry On or David Johnson? Carry On all day. I mean. <laughs> It seems like I've come from. I remember draft night. I was kind of like, ah, I don't. I like. I don't mind carry on as a player, but I don't like trading up and giving away assets. Like, you know, I can't watch a ton of Auburn football. I knew this guy production, and I knew he had decent size and ability. But every time I see this guy on the field in the Lions uniform, he just seems like a, you know, what you want in a running back: size, can catch, got burst you know, doesn't go down like all of our other running backs with a brisk of wind, as Grifka would say, you know, don't get blown mm-hmm. over by a, a strong wind. I mean, carry on Johnson. I, I, I put on Twitter, I think that 
in the next few years, I see him as a top five, eight running back. I mean, I see him with that type of upside and ceiling because he can catch the football and be a three down guy. So David Johnson to me he already got paid and, uh, just unless that team really gets it together, I, I see him being kind of a middle of the road, you know, 12 to top 10 type guy, but not elite status here in the next little bit. So give me KJ. And you're going to have to use the bell again because I'm with you on that. I'm with carry on you know, as well. The guy, uh, you know, where he's at, I know he's a rookie, you know, and David Johnson's seen a little more and a little more productive and he can, uh, but I, even at this point in the career, I'm going to take carry on, you know, what he can do. He, guys quick, fast, can catch the ball in the backfield, hits the edge pretty well. I'm with you on that. I'm taking carry on as well. And last but not least, this one almost seems, I don't even know why I'm kind of asking this one. Who would you take at this point in their career? Would you take Kenny or uh, Larry Fitzgerald? <laughs> well, this is a Kenny Galladay house. Obviously been touting him all day long. I mean, it's obviously Kenny Galladay, but Larry Fitz, like, back in his heyday, you know, if, it, if we tweak the question a little bit, like, Fitz in his heyday, like, five years ago, when he was just taking balls to the house, like, was a top three guy in the NFL, like, I mean, th- then you have a conversation, but yeah, I mean, Larry's probably done after this year or next, he's been incredible, he'll be heading to the Hall of Fame, but we can only hope that Kenny Galladay has the kind of career and years that Fitz did back in his heyday. So give me Kenny G, but much respect to Fitz. Yeah, last time you're going to use the bell today, I was thinking the same thing. Five, six years ago, I'm taking Fitz every day of the weekend, twice on Sunday. And, um, you know, sorry, Kenny, at that point, but because you're right, Fitz was probably top three wide receiver in the league at that point. Guy could run a little quick slant and house it, and you'll go 90 yards without a problem. And that guy, that guy just doesn't drop you know, anything that guy's, you know, he's one of the most sure-handed wide receivers I've ever seen. But like you said, if I was doing that right now, we're even starting a franchise. You have to go with Kenny Galladay on that. That's, that's all there is to it. So um, that's the last one I got of those. Um, you know, uh, I know it's, those things are nice to do every once in a while just to kind of get uh, some thoughts, but uh, got anything else to, uh, anything else you want to touch on before we cut out of here? I'm good, Griffith. I think, uh, as I always say towards the end of these shows, I mean, any given Sunday, there's no reason the Lions can't go down to Arizona and win. They have not been playing good football. This is not what we expected for the season. There's not much we can do about it other than hoping maybe a couple guys get healthy. Matt Stafford gets himself rolling, and uh, we go down to the desert, put up some points, cause some havoc on defense, and get this W. So, I say let's get out of here for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. We'll uh, root on our Lions on Sunday and keep our, our heads on straight knowing that uh, if we weren't able to get the W, that there's a bigger picture here and it's the future for this team. So keep uh, keep those positive thoughts going for Matt, Pat, and this organization as we kind of finish out this year. But uh, I'm expecting we go to Arizona and get this W. Griff Kuz predicting the loss. We'll come back next week break it all down, talk all about it, and I'll probably be giving Grifka a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, junk because uh, I see this team getting a win and coming back with some mojo. So, everybody, thanks for listening. Check us out online. We'll be back next week on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. This Sunday, I'm going to give you what you crave, what everybody here craves. 
drink it in, man.